0: Good afternoon, everybody. It's time to begin our service. Today we'll have two songs, then Derek has um, reading and prayer, one more song, and then Chris has our lesson. Our first song is going to be number 870, 870, I'm Happy Today. Everybody looks all anxious, so let's stand for this first song, please.
1: I'm happy today. Oh, yeah.
0: be seated. Our next song is number 874. So if you're using songbook, turn the page. 874, Jesus is Lord.
2: Our scripture reading for this afternoon is coming out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 24 through 28. Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 24 through 28. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Conies are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the crags. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with the hand, yet is found in the king's palaces. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this first day of the week that we gather together with those of like precious faith, and we come to worship you, Lord. We thank you for, for, for your son Jesus, for the model that he set before us of how we ought to live and for the apostles and the, the early believers that, that set the way that we ought to live and, and how we ought to act. Uh, Father, I'm so grateful for this body that we have to, together to edify one another, to lift one another up. Father, I pray for all of those among our number who couldn't be here this afternoon, that you be with them, and for those who are sick among us, that you lift them up, Lord, as only you can. And, Father, bless our time of worship this afternoon, that it might be pleasing and bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Our next song is number 658. 658, There is Much to Do. After this, Chris will have our lesson. There is much to do, there is work on every
1: hand. Hark the drive for help goes, reigning for the land. Jesus calls for reapers, I
0: Our song of invitation will be number 50. Number 50. Are you washed in the
3: blood? Good evening. Grab your Bibles will be turning to Proverbs chapter 30. We are talking through a series right now where we're trying to learn some things for some animals. So uh, this week we're talking about four different animals from Proverbs chapter 30. That's uh, that we can learn some pretty powerful lessons from, some pretty small animals that teach us some pretty big lessons. Proverbs is like that. Uh, Proverbs gives you a, a picture of something that you're familiar with usually uh, and will tell you to think about it. And so you've got to rest with the book of Proverbs. So many of those sayings you're familiar with. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you to think about a lizard and... and how it's in the king's palaces, and how does that relate to you and I, and what we're trying to do in faith, and also an ant, and and how how it provides for itself during the winter, but how does that relate to you and I and our faith? And so, Proverbs is one of those great passages where it's just got these little snippets; they're very fast um, phrases that uh, that you kind of you just dwell on for that day or that week, you can kind of just kick it around in your head, think about it through the rest of that week. That's one of the reasons I love Proverbs. They are not the normal type of uh, book. You're familiar with that, of course. This is um, more one verse uh, stands alone. And In this case, we've got four verses here that, that kind of, uh, in some ways, stand alone and in some ways are a product of. Uh, what's going on in the verses around them? So today we're in Proverbs chapter 30, and we're thinking about first, an ant. He says, four things on earth are small, but they're exceedingly wise. Sometimes we just dismiss things because they're small, right? If you've got uh, maybe a, a crack in, in something, uh, like a crack in your wall, oh, that's just that's just a small thing. But what's what's that indicative of? A greater problem, right? So he says, don't don't ignore the small things. In fact, here are four small animals that can teach you some very big lessons because these things are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, so there's 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 not a lot of strength in these ants. In fact, if you uh, if you step on an ant hill, what happens? Well, they all die, right? And so the ants are not a strong people, yet they provide food their food in the summer. And so they're looking forward to the winter when food will be scarce and they can't provide for themselves. And so, what do these tiny little insects do? Well, they start providing for a time when food will be scarce. We need to do that, don't we? We need to be we need to have enough forethought to look into the future and to prepare some things, right? In John chapter 14, Jesus is looking forward to. Uh, his death and ultimately his resurrection, his time together with the Father again. And he's saying, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I'm at, there you can be as well. And so he's looking forward to that opportunity, but he's telling the apostles that they need to prepare themselves to be in that place. It's often been said that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And that's true, isn't it? If we're not prepared... For heaven we're going to miss it right and so we need to be putting the forethought like the ants here who never stops working have you ever seen an ant kind of sitting still they don't they don't i've never seen one sleep you know they're they're always working they're always doing something you find if you find them in their in your house what are they doing Usually they're carrying something, aren't they? Much like the ant on the screen behind me. Maybe you've left some syrup on the table or something like that and these ants have gotten into your house somehow and they have found some food and now they're working to prepare for themselves for the future. The writer of Proverbs says we need to be much more like that. We need to be more focused on the future, and less focused on the right now. Sometimes we get very focused on what's going on right now. Sometimes Satan even tricks us into being focused on the past, doesn't he? And we get caught up on what's what's happened in the past. He said, no, there's there's no there's no use in that. You put the past behind you and you start looking forward to the to the future, right? And so we need to be better at being prepared. We need to think through some of these things. We need to work the spiritual disciplines. We need to find time to be together with each other and with scripture, with God in prayer. We need to be prepared and we need to be preparing ourselves for that opportunity, that's something we can learn certainly from, from the ant. Even though they're not strong, they've had enough forethought to be able to, to prepare for themselves a place of security. We have a place of security. It's been provided for us. We just need to prepare ourselves so that we can inherit that place. That's the lesson we can learn from the ant. Uh, this rock badger. I think uh, Derek's translation says the coney. I didn't know what a coney was. I didn't know what a rock badger was. So I had to go look it up. This is a rock badger. They look a little bit like prairie dogs to me. They're a little bit thicker, uh, I suppose. Uh, maybe more like a, uh, a guinea pig or a badger or something. But uh, these things in the Middle East, they live in the crevices of the rock. And so uh, here's, the, here's the passage for you. The rock badgers... Are a people not mighty? Again, they're they're much like the ants. These things are small. They're not big, and everything eats these things. Um, they're not they're not predators. These things are prey, uh, and so they're not mighty. Yet they make their homes in the cliffs where many people would not dare to go. That's where these things live, and so there's a lesson that we can learn from these rock badgers. And I think the lesson here with ants was that of provision? Are we providing for ourselves in such a way that we can be proud when the end of time comes? But the lesson from uh, the rock badger is place. It's place. Uh, Each one of these is going to start with a P, so maybe that'll help us remember that. Uh, So, uh, excuse me, it's position. The rock badger teaches us position. And so, one of the things that we learn from him is, are we positioned in the right spot so that we can find safety. Like I said, these things are prey. Everything eats these things. Everything in the Middle East eats these things. Um, and so they can't get to them, though, because they live in the crevices of the rock. And so when, when a large bird flies overhead or when a jackal or, or a wolf comes along, these things hide down inside the rocks. And they make their, their homes down inside there where you can't get to them. As a predator, you can't get to these rock badgers because they've, they've hidden themselves. They're in the right position. We have an enemy that's much more dangerous than a large bird or any other kind of predator, don't we? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Paul, uh, Peter reminds us that the devil is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, and he's looking for you and I, looking for a way to trip us up, to keep us away from god and his principles and his people and so we are looking for the right position where we need to be in the right position to keep him away from us in a very healthy way and so what is that position well that position's right here among god's people in god's word talking to the father in prayer we need to be working these these disciplines we need to be doing these things this is what's healthy we position ourselves in a very healthy way so that we can continue on doing the things that God wants us to do. Much like the rock badger, He knows that in the, the fields, that's where He is not safe. It's not safe for us outside and away from God's people. It's not safe for us to be away from God's Word. It's not safe for us to pull ourselves away from Him in prayer. That's, in fact, where safety is found for us. And so we need to be working those things and finding ways to be more involved, to be deeper in those relationships, to spend more time in those avenues. That's where safety is. We just need to recognize it. We need to realize that. That's something we can learn from the rock badger or the coney. The next one is the locust. They don't have a king. There's not someone standing over the locust saying, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And there's no, there's no one giving direction to the locust. But look at the destructive power these things have had. We're familiar with them throughout the rest of Scripture as well as the ant. Uh, scripture talks quite a bit about the ant and how it's a hard worker and how it provides. And so that's one of the things we can learn from it. Uh, as far as I'm aware, the only time Scripture talks about the rock badger is there in Proverbs chapter 30. But certainly we understand that position is important and we need to learn that lesson from the rock badger. But Scripture talks an awful lot about the locust. You're familiar with uh, the locust there in Exodus as one of the plagues of Egypt, right? And it takes this locust takes Egypt to its knees along with the other nine plagues. Uh, this, this was a devastation to them. It's not the only time uh, locusts uh, are used as devastation in the book of Joel in the Old Testament. He looks out and he sees a locust horde swarming toward Jerusalem. They come through Jerusalem, they eat everything in sight, they exit Jerusalem and eat the things that they missed the first time around. And so Jerusalem's completely destroyed in this vision that, that Joel is, uh, is having. And so we're familiar with the devastation that locusts can, can cause. At least in scripture. We don't have these things here. Not that I'm aware of, anyhow. We have a cousin, they're called the cicada. Maybe you're familiar with the cicada as they pop up every, what is it, every seven or 13 years or something. They'll pop up out of the earth and they'll get under your windshield and they'll be a little nuisance. But they're not like these things. These things are uh, devastating. Uh, They eat everything inside, they'll destroy crops and grass and anything that's green, they'll eat it. But they don't have a king who's standing over them demanding that they do this. But the Bible says they all march in rank. And so what, what can we learn from, from the locust? Well, I think one of the things we can learn from the locust is, is power. Um, they do their work with gusto. They are excited to do their work. We don't need, uh, they don't need someone standing over them making sure that they do what's right. That's one of the things that we can learn from the locust is we need to have that same kind of work ethic. Uh, Flip over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Paul talks a little bit about this uh, there in Colossians. Chapter 3, starting in verse 23. He says this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but when we do something, it's not just for the person we're doing it for, we're doing it for the Lord. So when you go to work, you're not just working for your employer, you're working for the Lord. And so we do things well. As Christians, that's, our, that's one of our mottos, right? We do things well. What we do, we have what's, what I like to refer to as excellence with enthusiasm. So we do the job well. To the best of our ability, and we do it happily. We're not, we're not grumpy about how we do things. We're not no one's having any standovers to make sure that we do the job exactly right. We as God's people do things well. We we do them with with happiness as well. So some of the things we can learn from the locust is you don't have to have someone standing over you all the time, making sure that you're doing what's right. And that's, that's what the locust doesn't have. They don't have a king standing over them, uh, pushing them all to, to do the right thing. They do their work while destructive. They do it uh, with excellence and enthusiasm. We need to be very much like that. So we've talked about uh, with the, with the ant. We talked about provision and how they provide for themselves when uh, there will not be anything there to be provided from We talked about uh, the rock badger as he is in the right position for uh, safety. And now we've talked about the locust and how they have power, even though there is no one there to uh, make them do the right thing. Last thing we want to talk about this morning is the lizard. In Proverbs chapter 30, verses 28, uh, he says, The lizard you can take in your hands, yet it is in the king's palaces. He says, This thing's not dangerous. You ever met a lizard that was dangerous? He says, This thing can't, he's not going to bite you or hurt you in any way. Um, and it's really tiny and it, it doesn't have a lot of forethought. These lizards don't seem to be thinking anything incredibly intelligent. But you know what? You know what? They're found in king's palaces. Who else are found in king's palaces? Well, kings and the people who want to be kings, the people who want the power and the authority that the king has. The lizard has found himself in that position hasn't he but it's just by happenstance it's completely by accident that he's there and so why have you worked so hard and climbed over all these people taken advantage of all these people heard all these things done done all these things to get in this position of authority to get in the king's palace when the lizard got there and it's just completely by accident kind of makes you feel foolish doesn't it to to live our lives for that kind of power when he says "Oh, well, the lizard is hanging out with kings and and rulers but there's no authority or power in this lizard and so i think the lizard teaches us that we need to remember our place there's our fourth p we need to remember our place everyone's struggling to get into the best position possible to get into that king's palace but here this guy is and he didn't really work to do anything. He didn't really try to get in there, but there he is nonetheless. And so he hasn't not put forth the effort. He doesn't belong there, but he's there anyhow. When Kelly and I were in Africa, I think the first time, we uh, in our hotel room, we got, uh, we got in the hotel room the first night, and uh, we look over on the wardrobe, and there's this translucent lizard that's on the wardrobe. He's a good-sized lizard. He's about like that. And I thought... I don't know anything about lizards in Africa. Maybe they have poisonous lizards in Africa, and so we started thinking about this thing and how we were going to get it out of our, out of our uh, um, hotel room. I thought, well, let's get a trash can. And so we get a trash can, and we're trying to like get him in the trash can. He doesn't want to go in the trash can, so we keep moving farther and farther, and finally, he gets to the end of the wardrobe. And this dude jumps from the wardrobe to the bed. I drop the trash can and get a step back. Leave Kelly to fend for herself. It's not one of my finer moments. But I thought how did this thing get in here? How did the, how did this lizards get inside the house? Well lizards have a way of making their way into places but it doesn't mean they work to get there does it? Um, it doesn't really mean anything that they're that they're there. So everyone in the kingdom was sacrificing so and killing so they could get in the king's palace but Here this lizard is, and he hasn't made any of those sacrifices, but he's ended up in the exact same place anyhow. Maybe we should reevaluate what's important to us, shouldn't we? There's an awful lot of people who would kill and have killed to be in king's palaces, but here's the lizard, and he's he's in the king's palace, but it's just completely by accident. So maybe we should be taking an opportunity regularly to reevaluate what's really important to us. You can tell what's really important to you about what you spend your time on. And so how are you spending your time? How do you spend your money? What do you think about a lot? Those are the things that you care about. And we can say that we care about uh, religion and God and Scripture and prayer. And we love God's people. But if you're not here regularly, if you're not putting in the work for um, the spiritual disciplines... Those things aren't true, are they? You can really tell what you love by what you spend your time on, what you spend your money on, and what you think a lot about. And so sometimes it's helpful for us to go back and reevaluate what our priorities, reevaluate what's important to us. So how do you spend your time? That's one of the lessons that we can learn from the lizard um, <clears throat> is place. What place are you shooting for? We talked a little bit about heaven earlier, and so we're all shooting for heaven right that's that's our agenda that's our goal it's where we want to go to but are we living our lives so that we can get there you know uh, I've got a GPS on my phone and every now and then I'll have to go somewhere and I don't really know where it is I bet you've done that too uh, start looking for a destination think I don't really know how to get there anymore you know maybe you've never been there before and so you plug in the address into your GPS and it'll take you right there I want it but what if you don't follow it you ever done that Sometimes, especially when we were younger, I like to mess with my GPS. I'll get there faster going like this, and I'll turn left, and you, instead of you telling me to turn right. You never end up at where you're trying to go, do you, if you don't follow the instructions. We know the instructions. We know how to get to heaven. But if we're not following them, it's not going to matter that we knew them, is it? We've got to follow. We've got to obey. So I think it's something that the lizard can teach us. Today we've got an opportunity. Uh, usually we use these last Sundays of the month to, to serve our community. We're going to use today to kind of uh, help each other. Uh, we're going to use today to, to put together our directories. We've got several hole punches back in the back. David's already got all the directories printed out for us. And so we have an opportunity today uh, to kind of do something that's beneficial for all of us. Uh, the directory is going to be really good for us. Uh, and we use these Sundays to dive into, to think through. Uh, what our community needs. This is one of the things our congregation needs, uh, is this directory so we can see each other's faces, so that we can be real well connected, especially with our life groups coming up. We need all of these things. Uh, and so the directory is going to be helpful for us. We need to put some time and attention toward it. And so we're going to put that put that together. But ultimately, what we're really thinking about today is, how are you spending your time? And what are you going after? Or what are you longing for I'm longing for heaven I want to see Jesus I want to spend eternity with him how about you Where, what? even if you are longing for that what have you done to make inroads to that direction are you following the directions are you just kind of allowing yourself to be led astray by some of the other things like our lizard friend here a lot of people go a lot of different directions right there's only one way to heaven that's through Jesus that's what he said so today we want to get to Him. We want to find forgiveness. We want to find absolution for our sins. And the only way to do that is through the power of baptism. He washes our sins away and we become a brand new creation. So maybe you've already made that step this morning and, uh, and you just need a refocus, a moment of refocus. And so maybe that is your opportunity uh, this evening. If you have any need, why don't you come as we stand and sing?
1: Have you seen the
4: afternoon, church family. We're going to do the potluck all over again. Yep. Um, well, it says potluck today, so <laughs> we ate it all. Well, we get go, let's go back and cook some more and fellowship again. But uh, just a reminder, uh, at 6 o'clock, uh, if you're wanting to come over to the Trevathan's house to sing, everyone is welcome to come to that. Also, a reminder that our next fifth quarter is September 30th. Um, If you're wanting to pass out door hangers, uh, please see Chris and Marvin, and they'll give you some. Uh, The day to pass those out is October 8th. Remember to continue to keep the Freeman family in your prayers. The passing of uh, Melanie Freeman's daughter, who passed away on Friday, so remember them in your prayers. Remember uh, Chad's mom and dad. Remember Sean Steiner. Uh, Remember Chris's mom as well in your prayers. Remember continue to keep Jennifer Baker in your prayers, uh, Gary Fry, and Brett and Noreen Tawney. Uh, that's all the announcements I have. If you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared in the conference room. You may leave and do that now. We'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer.
0: Our last song this afternoon is number 829. Mansion over the hilltop.
1: 829. Uh-huh. I'm satisfied with just the country of
2: pray with me dear lord thank you for today thank you for chris and his lesson lord allow us to apply it to our lives dear lord please be as all of those on the sick list and all those who only you know the name of dear lord and uh please be as always on the in the military first responders all of those that uh, are protecting us let us depart from here safely and send in your son's name ask this prayer amen